Today's episode is brought to you by Podcast Pipeline. We'll take care of all your podcast production so you can focus on your business. Visit us at podcastpipeline.com. Here's the question. Are you a business owner wanting to grow your business, but you're struggling with how your podcast can help? Well, welcome to the show that's about to change all that. I am your host, Cliff Duvinois, and in this podcast, we're taking the problems of podcasting head on. Entrepreneurs like you will share their strategies, tactics, and tips that they use every day with their podcast to make it an effective marketing and revenue tool in their toolkit. Welcome to Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Hey there, world changers, and welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Now, today's guest is the founder and president of Flight New Media, a digital agency in Portland, Maine, that's been in business for a whopping 24 years. He's a nationally recognized speaker on entrepreneurship, digital marketing, and social media, the trifecta. He founded the Agents of Change, which is an annual conference and also a weekly podcast that focuses on search, social, and mobile marketing. He recently co-founded Fast Forward Maine, a podcast and workshop series about growing Maine businesses. He's also the author of The Lead Machine, The Small Business Guide to Digital Marketing, which has been a very popular and well-received book that helps entrepreneurs reach more of their ideal customers online. He's appeared in Inc. Magazine, The Huffington Post, FastCompany.com, CNN, The Social Media Examiner, and many other news sources for stories on digital marketing. Please welcome to the show the host of the Agents of Change podcast, as well as Fast Forward Maine, Rich Brooks. Rich, how are you? I'm doing well, Cliff. Thanks so much for the introduction. Appreciate it. Not a problem. So let's talk about your your core business, which I believe is Flight New Media. That is my day job, as I like to say. So yes, we're nice. coming up on our 25th anniversary. We started off, it was just me in my apartment doing website design and then added search engine optimization, started hiring some people. And now we're a full-fledged digital agency offering search, social, digital ads, just like you said, and a lot of strategy to help people generate more leads online. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And so uh, the question that I got for you then is how did you get started in your business in the first place? Oh, well, to be honest, it all happened because of a psychic. I was working for a medical <laughs> supply. I know that, and that's not me at all, but I was working for a medical supply company probably 26 years ago now. And we had our annual Christmas party and my boss who was at his or somebody's house decided to hire a psychic. And while everybody else went downstairs to meet the psychic and would come up with proclamations like, oh, I've got, uh, I'm going to um, meet the love of my life in six months, or I'm going to have a new job in a year, which is a weird thing to say at a company party, but whatever. Yes. When I went downstairs, I met this woman and she looked just like the woman from Poltergeist. Remember the woman who helped bring the, the little girl yes. back? Yes. Oh, she's, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she looked at me and she just said, you need to trust your gut more. And I was kind of taken aback by that. And she just said, you don't trust your gut anymore and you need to get back to that. And at the time I started playing around on the internet and I'm like, you know what, to be honest, I think I have more future in the internet than I do in doing medical sales. And that later that year, I, I left the job and I started my own company and uh, that was about 25 years ago. So that was really the origin is I just have always liked technology and the way that it impacts people's lives and vice versa. Yes. Yeah, I actually have a, well, I don't have a similar experience in the psychic. I do have psychic experiences, but no, my thing was I, I went to school to, to be an aerospace engineer, which I thought I loved. 
until I saw the internet. And then I just knew that the future of everything was going to be online. And I just went all in with, mm. you know, web design and I eventually got in the video and everything else. So I definitely understand, uh, where you're coming from there. Now you've got your business. It's been going for a while. Yes. What made you decide to get into podcasting? I think it was a few different things. Over the years, I, I got into blogging when blogging first started to blow up. I got invited to speak at Blog World uh, in its first year, which introduced me to a lot of people who were doing different things. And that's, you know, I'd heard about podcasting. I actually started a podcast years ago, went for about six episodes, realized it was way more work than I wanted. And so I stopped doing I was spending like six hours to knock out a 15-minute podcast every couple of weeks versus spending one hour on a blog post. And that was when all you had to do was print something on your blog and you were going to get search traffic. Yep. So things obviously changed. But after going to a blog world for a few times and seeing some of my friends who were bloggers also get into podcasting, I decided to give it a different try. And I was like, you know what? I'll do an interview format. That way it's less work on my part. And I just have this opportunity to meet new people. And the second go of it, which was called, at the time, was the first 100 episodes, it was called The Marketing. And after episode 100, I actually had that conference. You mentioned Agents of Change. And I realized it was basically the same thing. So I just decided to go with the name, The Agents of Change, merge the two together. And I've been... Um, going strong ever since. But for me, a lot of it was that those early days at Blog World, uh, meeting Mike Stelzner, who is a podcast host for the Social Media Examiner, and him really pushing me to start my own podcast as well. Oh, nice. Excellent. Now, in the intro, we talked about the fact that you're actually had, you co-founded a second podcast, Fast Forward Maine. Why did you decide to do that? A couple reasons. And I have to say that I just recorded my hundredth and for now, last episode of oh, Fast wow. Forward okay. Maine. I started this because uh, Agents of Change was in part sponsored by a local bank called Machaya Savings Bank. And as I became good friends with the people over there, one of the things they wanted to do is kind of spin off that into something that was less focused on marketing and more focused on business owners because they wanted to be in front of business owners. Yeah. As part of a more comprehensive strategy that we worked out with them, me and this um, guy from the bank, Yuri, who is a big entrepreneur, big fan of business, we ended up uh, creating our, something that we would go out and do webinar, uh, not webinars, we do in-person events for people, but we would also do this weekly podcast on the business, on main businesses. And that was basically, so the bank was underwriting it. So that made it easier. I had always wanted to do a podcast that was more than just the marketing side of business. I wanted to talk about other things. And I'd always wanted to do something that was a little bit more focused on local business, be local to Maine, because it's, it's easier to do business local. And I knew some people in Maine, but I knew that this was going to be like uh, networking on steroids, where all of a sudden I'd have an opportunity, an excuse to talk to people who were like in the SBA, in the Maine Small Business Development Centers, in the local SCORE chapters, people who would ultimately help me make more connections for my own company, Flight New Media. And that went for 100 episodes, but the bank got busy doing other things. And I was starting to feel the stress of trying to run two podcasts and my business and my life. And so we all decided that after episode 97, which was the end of their contract, we would just part ways. I wasn't going to give up on episode 97. So I did three more on my own just to get to 100. Sure. And just put it on hiatus for now. I, I, I may end up picking it up in the future again, but for now, I'm just putting all of my focus and attention on the Agents of Change podcast, as well as as Flight New Media, my my digital agency. 
happen. One of the things that I, that I do uh, want to highlight in there, and you kind of hit on this in your answer, is that when a lot of people think of their listenership, uh, they, you know, because of the internet, it's like, oh, I can hit a global audience. But sometimes it's just really beneficial to think about geography when you're doing your podcast. So for instance, for you, it was very specific on Maine. Now, are right. people in California going to listen to your podcast? You know, maybe. But the thing right. is, is, is that by staying local, whatever it is, you can really develop that very intimate local, you know, customers, business owners that are going to listen to your podcast and, and actually get a lot of value out of it. Absolutely. And it wasn't like there wasn't good content for people in California or Delaware or New Delhi. Uh, it was just that we were talking to people who are working and living in the state of Maine. And obviously that, that gave me an opportunity to get people on the show who hadn't been un interviewed for anything else and make those kind of connections. And one of the biggest benefits I found from podcasting is just the networking aspect of it. It might be very hard to get somebody on the phone to quote unquote, pick their brain on a subject. But if you're giving them an audience and a platform, suddenly they're more than willing to give away their best secrets. So a number of times when I've been unsure how to work with a solve a problem, I've had a client who had a, a PR problem or something like that, or an online reputation problem. And it's not something that's really in my wheelhouse. I went out and I found somebody who does online reputation and we did an interview. And then I sent the interview over to the client. The client knew I cared about him, went through all this rigmarole to get them an answer. But it was also content that was good for all of my listeners and good sure. for my podcast and also good for the person who I interviewed. Hey everyone, we are going to take a short break to thank our sponsors, but you'll definitely want to come back and check out the next part. This is where Rich is going to share with us how he actually started to monetize his podcast, as well as how did he remove the labor of podcast production off of his back. See you after the break. Today's episode is brought to you by Podcast Pipeline. Editing your podcast consumes hours of your time every week. After all, you're an entrepreneur, not an audio engineer. The point being is that those hours could be spent on your business and with your family. That's why Podcast Pipeline offers full podcast production services. We take care of your podcast so you don't have to. And that means your time will be yours again to focus on what's really important. Visit us at podcastpipeline.com to learn more about how our services can help you. And now back to the show. So let's talk about, man, I love that. That's a, that's a great little trick. What has podcasting done for your business? It's definitely gotten us a wider audience. There's no two ways about that because even though we can do business anywhere in the world, but most likely in the US, we have very few clients that we've ever worked with outside the US. There is something about Maine. So a lot of people, they want to work with a local agency and I totally understand that. I like using a lot of local vendors and all my employees are Maine residents. So I, I understand the benefits of local for sure. The agent also, like when we talk about flight, Portland and Maine are part of our DNA. So you'll find that on the website. You'll find that sure. as we're talking about things. But agents of change, yeah, there's a little bit of Maine in there because we have the conference, but really it's it's much more global. And because of that, people who like podcasts, who are looking for new ways of reaching their ideal customers through search, social, and mobile marketing, as I always say on the show, find us. And early on, this is really interesting because I'm sure like monetization is something that comes up all the time. How do you make money off of your podcast? Yes. 
And I was looking at different ways early on back when it was the marketing agents. And you know, when I got the numbers, John Lee Dumas put out the numbers of like what everybody should be charging for their show. And when I looked at the numbers, I'm like, I would have to do a 30 second, 60 second and 30 second ad in every single episode to make about $200 a month, which would not even pay for my time for recording those things and dealing with it and everything like that. So I was, I kind of was starting to give up on that idea when all of a sudden I saw one of my listeners share the show episode on Twitter and say, oh, I really need to understand more about this. And it was about uh, conversion rate optimization. So I tweeted out to the guy and he tweeted back and we DM'd a couple of times and then we emailed and then phone calls. And ultimately I convinced him he wasn't really happy with his agency. He said, they'll do anything I tell them to, but they never bring me a new idea. So I convinced him to give us an opportunity. That was like six, six years ago now. And he has been a steady monthly client ever since. And I'd say well over $100,000 worth of business, which is more than I ever would have made on ad dollars. So there's nothing wrong with getting sponsorships and making money on ads or anything like that. It, you know, that's totally great if you can do that. I don't think I'll ever get to that point. But I will attract ideal customers outside of Maine who are willing to work with my company because they like the vibe. They like the energy uh, that... I bring to the show and sometimes I'll bring on an employee too to talk about a specific topic as well so they get to know them. And that's probably been the biggest benefit. I mean, it's more than paid for itself in the opportunity of getting out there. Also, when I go to an event like Social Media Marketing World, nobody cares that I'm a digital agency owner, but they do care that I put on the Agents of Change conference and podcast. That to them is much more interesting because they want to be on the show or they want to speak or attend the conference. But it's also just not agency owners are a dime a dozen, but when you have a podcast and a brand and a conference, that kind of helps you stand out a little bit. That was something actually that I noticed myself way back in the day when I had a business. And that is, you know, I'd go to a party or something, I'd be talking to people and I would tell them what they do. And it was kind of like a little bit glazed over. But I realized that once I mentioned, oh yeah, by the way, I host this podcast, I immediately had undivided attention. And what I did is I learned, I'm like, hey, I'm just going to put, because at that time I was using MailChimp for all of my emails, is I just put the MailChimp app on my phone. And when somebody was like, oh man, that'd be great. I'd love to listen to it. I just pull out my phone and say here. And I just had a potential customer Right. Give me their email address of their own to, to join my email list. So you're right. When you make that phrase, oh, I've got a podcast, that, that to me just helps to elevate the conversation to a whole new level. People are super interested. Have you talked to anybody, you know, who are you interviewing, what's your podcast about versus almost any other business you insert there that's kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. I love that you talked about the download numbers. Because when I talk to my clients about podcasting, I always tell them it's not so much about the download numbers because we're not podcasters, we're entrepreneurs with podcasts. And it's, it's, I always tell them podcasting is a great relationship building tool. Mm. That's how I looked at it. So you saw John Lee Dumas's numbers. I actually read a post by Tim Ferriss when he was talking about sponsorships. And I did not realize the goat rodeo that you would have to go through to get sponsorships that were going to pay you any kind of serious money for your show, how you had to guarantee downloads, what kind of, you know, numbers are we talking about here? And I just went through that. I was like, you know, holy smokes. But that for me was actually a good thing because I all of a sudden that's when I, that's when I made the switch in my head, like, okay, podcasting is not about the downloads. It's about building relationships. And what you were, this example you gave about this uh, person on Twitter. Now he's been your client now for six years. That's a classic example of using a podcast to help build relationships. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And they get to know you, you know, they're, you're literally yes. inside their head. So it's a great opportunity. It's not for every business, but you know what, if you feel like your audience is out there and they're open to listening to podcasts, auditory listening, then it could be a great platform for you. But one thing I also tell people who are interested in getting going with podcasts is like, it is not any sort of get rich quick scheme. You know, it takes time. I was probably 50, 75 episodes in, which is over a year's work before that guy reached out to me. You know, so it's like, yes, I've made a lot. It's been very beneficial to my company, but you don't get rich off of one podcast any more than you get rich off of one video, one tweet, one email newsletter or anything else. It's about continually showing up and building that relationship over time. That's really where you start to kind of build a, a, a fortress or build an insurmountable lead over the competition. Certainly, certainly. What I'd like to do is I'd like to go back to when you first started podcasting. Why don't you share with us what, what are your, one of your biggest struggles was with podcasting? One of my biggest struggles? Well, I certainly think the ego of very few downloads was a big one. Although when I was starting, there were a lot less competition. Like you weren't going up against, um, it, well, I mean, it seems like these days, everybody, when they come out of the gate, they've got this huge brand behind them. And, and so it's hard to compete on that level. After interviewing my first, you know, my friends, the people who are also attending all the same conferences, right. that became a little bit trickier and just trying to find my voice. Like what exactly did I want to do that was different than anybody else? And so I may be finding guests that weren't my friends was probably one of the bigger challenges that I had early Certainly. on. And convincing people to check out the show because podcasts are not like blogs. Anybody who knows how to Google can find a blog, but podcasting does take a few extra steps. So I think that was part of the challenge as well. I was lucky to have Mike Stelzner as a mentor at that point. So he was one of the people who told me, like, you need to have a really solid brand before you even get started. Like, he was a big proponent of having artwork and everything like that, which is the kind of stuff you find in every brochure now on podcasting. I don't sure. think they're brochures, but you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Just that he was, he and I spent a lot of time really refining the brand before it ever launched. And I think that was very helpful. So I avoided some of those early missteps that I think a lot of people do. And really, you know, I was friends with John Lee Dumas. I am friends with John Lee Dumas. And he was basically just starting to really ramp things up. So I was able to see what he was doing. And at that point, it was really important to get into new and noteworthy. And now it doesn't really matter so much, but at the time it was big. And so a lot of those things were, were very helpful right off the bat. So I didn't have as many pain points as some other people might have if they were just doing it and hoping for the best. Nice. And when you talked about this before, and I kind of want to take a step back and explore some of these issues. So when you were talking about ego and downloads, how did you move on from that? Because I know a lot of people get to episode 10 or 15 and they're thinking, oh, I haven't gotten 10,000 downloads. I'm going to stop. How did you move beyond that? Huh, that's a great question. I don't think I meant to do 10 episodes to see if it was working or not. Like I knew that it was something that was just going to take time. Uh, when I started the conference side of things, like I knew that I wasn't going to do one year of conference. I said that I'm going to do three years of conferences and then I'll evaluate. So it was probably... I haven't thought about this, but it was probably something similar, like let's do a year or two years worth of podcasting before I make a decision on whether or not to pull the plug on it or not. And after a certain point, and the fact I was lucky in the fact that by going to conferences like Blog World and New Media Expo and South By and, and Social Media Marketing World, 
I had built up a lot of connections with people. And so it was easy to get some of the bigger names on. And this was back when you would go on Twitter and promote something and everybody would pay attention to you. Certainly. At least everybody I wanted to get in front of. So those were all very helpful things. I, I was just, I've been very blessed to have some people who I'm friends with who are a little bit ahead of me in the game. And they were more than happy to come on the show and, and share that. Nice. Absolutely love it. Why don't you share with us one of your big, biggest successes that you've had with podcasting? Oh, well, I already kind of told the story about the guy who hired me. On Twitter. We've yep. had, right. We've had a few people who are, are like that as well. Biggest success is just the fact that we keep on cranking out the episodes. So it's about consistency and it's about the opportunity of getting in front of people. It's also helped me, you know, I have this annual conference in Italy. I haven't done it in three years because of COVID or two years because of COVID and probably not this year either. But this was also how I vetted all my guests. So people would come out of the woodworks wanting to come to the come speak at my event. And Certainly. I would basically say, you have to be a guest on the podcast first. And so that kind of like, I had an opportunity to get to know people before I would ask them. So my, my, my conference is fully curated. I choose all the guests. We don't have a call for speakers. I just go out and I reach out to people that I know are going to do a good job. So it definitely helped in terms of the quality of the, the conference as well, which also helps. I would say that that's probably the biggest success is just the consistency of the show, that going out there and getting these great guests. And now I'm in a situation where we probably get five to 10 requests to come on the show a week. And I do a weekly show. So most of them I can't even deal with. I actually have right. uh, my VA go through them and basically vet them. And she gets me a list of maybe the top two or three each week. And even then I'm only choosing one of them because I can't do any more. So I think just being able to being able to tap into this global knowledge of where I think people should be paying attention right now when it comes to digital marketing, mm -hmm. that for me is probably the biggest success. I think everything else just kind of comes from it. Like our, our podcast downloads are good, but they're not huge numbers. Like they're not going to wow somebody like a Pat Flynn or a Mike Stelzner, but they're good enough to keep us doing what we're doing and to generate new leads for flight new media. And I think when you, you know, when you talk about that and, and getting people to download your episode and show, and I hear this term more and more, and I'm so grateful for it because before everybody was talking about going viral, but the term that I hear going out now is viral for you, right? What is mm -hmm. viral for you? What is that defined? So just going out there and, and having people download your audience, I mean, depending on the topic you're talking about there, you know, if you're dependent on the topic of your podcast, whatever it is, you, you know, your audience size, I think. I think you'd much rather have an engaged audience that's actually interacting with your content. Like you were talking about this gentleman posting to Twitter about your podcast. That to me, I think would be like the absolute holy grail for yeah. any podcaster out there. If you're Get doing it to generate business, like yes. we are, like I was, and to have that come in right at this moment of doubt where you're like, am I ever going to make any money off this podcast? Is it really worth doing it? That was definitely a great feeling when all of a sudden somebody stepped up and said, you know, I could really use your help. And I know that it supported other things that we've done. And, and I've used certain episodes uh, and the transcripts that we do from them to send them out to clients or prospects to be like, hey, I think this episode's really going to help you. You should check this out. So those have all been tools that I use to help build my business and, and build our reputation. Nice. Now, for the entrepreneur out there who has a podcast, maybe they're struggling. They're going into pod fade, spending too much time on it. Maybe they're suffering from perfectionism, whatever it might be. What would be like a piece of advice or a couple of key pieces of advice you'd want to give them? 
so again, it really does come down to consistency. And I'm not saying that I've never missed a week because I definitely have. Sometimes work's gotten in the way and all of a sudden I'm going hand to mouth or I'm recording solo episodes just because it's been two weeks since I put it up. But that's the rarity. I think the most important thing is just to get in the habit, just like going to the gym. You know, you can't go to the gym yes. three times and think that you're in shape. It's like you got to go every day or every other day for a year. And that's when you really start to see those benefits. I mean, you see them quicker than that, but that's when you really, and, and you built those habits up. So I understand there's nothing wrong with quitting a podcast. That's not doing anything for you. Fast forward me. And I just decided that as much as I enjoyed doing that, it was time to shut that down, put it on hiatus, whatever you want to say. I think it's about building in a system so that it's easier for you. If you can afford it, outsource everything you don't want to do. These days, there's only really two steps that I do. I do a 15-minute pre-interview chat with somebody who I don't know so we can flesh out the topic, and then I do the interview. But the transcript is done by somebody else. Putting it up to the website is done by somebody else. Post-production is done by somebody else. I'm outsourcing actually most of the post-production, but I'm even outsourcing the prepping of the post-production because I have a team. So as much as I can get off my plate the better it is. So now it's kind of like a, you know, a smooth running machine. We're still looking, trying to tweak different things, working on podcast SEO, working on this year, we really want to build our numbers. So we're looking at um, doing some Facebook and Instagram ads, although I'm curious to know if they're going to make any sort of difference because I can't imagine stopping scrolling through Facebook to suddenly listen to a 30 to 40 minute podcast personally. But maybe if we build up the brand enough, the next time people are like, huh, what should I listen to? They'll go look for the Agents of Change podcast. And so we're continuing to try and build our own audience. This was not the question you asked. So you asked if somebody was just getting started. And I would say, I'll go back to the original answer. It's really just about getting those habits done and Certainly. just doing the consistency and also knowing why you're in it, which could change. So for me, I want to build my platform. I want to network with very interesting and, and clever and smart people in the world of marketing. And I ultimately want to raise the profile of myself and my company so that we can generate more revenue. Man, I absolutely love that. That's that is great and very succinct and to the point. Exactly. Oh, why. Succinct. I felt like I was meandering all over the place. I'm amazed that I actually remembered the original question at the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did absolutely great. I was totally taking in all that great knowledge that you were dropping right there. Thank you for that. So I'm going to go back here and we're going to talk about, because you kind of, you mentioned that you had this team, right? That, you, yes. that you've got now. So when you first started and launched your podcast, did you have that team in place or is it something no. you... I did everything myself at the beginning. We weren't doing transcripts back then, but we were doing show notes. I was writing them out. And that's often how I've always worked. Like I will figure things out on my own because I kind of want to know how everything works so that I know what I'm asking for is reasonable. So these Beautiful. days now I have other things, you know, and obviously machine learning transcripts have come a long way. They're not great, but they're good enough. So then I, I can generate that. And then my transcriptionist can clean it up and spend more of her time doing value add stuff like, pulling out a bumper to lead the episode off and pulling out quotes we can use in our marketing and promotion and making sure that we've got links to all the important things that they reference. And we continue to try and improve on that system as well. We've got some new things that we're going to try rolling out this year to improve the search engine visibility of the show notes. You know, those are some of the things that we're working on. Yeah. And that right there is a very, very critical step. If somebody's listening to this and they want to find you online, check out the Agents of Change podcast, maybe even stop by your conference, what would be the best way for them to do that? 
So since we're talking podcasts, the I would say, you know, whether you are going to a podcast platform like Apple Podcast or Spotify, you can just search for The Agents of Change. You can visit the website at theagentsofchange.com. And if you're looking for any help on your own digital marketing, you can check out our website for Flight New Media, Take Flight. That's take F-L-Y-T-E. Dot com and I am the Rich Brooks on every social media channel, especially LinkedIn. So come find me. Awesome. And for our audience, we will have all those links in the show notes down below. Rich, it's been awesome having you on the podcast today. I've learned a lot. Thank you very much for that. Cliff, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I want to let you know that enrollment for our free five-day Start My Business podcast challenge is officially open. If you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking a podcast would be a great way to grow your business, but you're not sure how to start one, then this challenge is for you. This challenge is designed by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Now, within the five-day challenge, you'll go from ground zero to having a fully operational podcast that you can use to start growing your business. I'll be sharing with you simple tips and tricks that took me years to learn that will prevent you from spending hours on one episode. Head over to startmybusinesspodcastchallenge.com or click on the link in the show notes down below. We'll see you there.